Hey, South Bend City Church, welcome to week two of getting to know our community a bit more. This is a sub-series of our Old Creed New World series where we explore the Apostles' Creed, but we've been reminded that the story it tells is a story that we carry together as a church. And so last week and this one, we're hearing stories from the people who put the we in We Believe. Before we get to that, though, just a few things to keep on your radar. First of all, we just wanted to let you know, in case you didn't, that we've got a group of about 12 people from our community over in Palestine, Israel, right now on a peacemaking pilgrimage with Telos Group. They landed in Tel Aviv right around 8 a.m. yesterday morning, and they'll be spending the next week and a half there opening their hearts and minds to the ways that Jesus created and made peace in the midst of conflict. And so as you go about your days, we hope that as they pop into your head that you think of them and you pray for them as they're over there for the next week. Also, if you consider South Bend City Church to be your community and are excited about the things happening here, you can always give. Just so you know, there's a bunch of different funds that you can give to. We've got our general fund, which we talk about a lot, which helps us keep the lights on, pay staff, all of those things. We also have a foster care and adoption parent fund. And so anything you give to that will go to our foster care families um, and adoptive families. And then we also have our care fund and we have the Tribune Project. And we are committed to keeping the money given to those funds in those funds. They don't jump over. So if you find something there that you would like to be a part of, you can go to southbendcitychurch.com backslash give. All right. So excited for week two of our We and We Believe series. Let's get to know our community a little bit more. Thanks so much, Lynn. Thanks, guys. It's really good to be with you this morning. It kind of feels like a Midwest versus everybody else morning, right? Like it snowed six inches and we're at church. We're together. I think it's probably more about being together this morning. Um, so thanks so much for being here. You know, normally Jay will uh, stand up here after a football weekend and be like, go Irish. So go Irish. But I also want you to know that we have some other teams that are doing really well right now. Like our women's basketball team won yesterday. Men's ice hockey won in overtime last night. If you're a Hoosier, the um, IU men's rugby team was here yesterday for Big Ten championships and they won. So... Go Hoosiers and Irish. Um, so it's a fun time to be in South Bend with the snow. Uh, you know, this month marks four years since my family moved to South Bend. And as we were considering the move from Southern California to South Bend, South Bend City Church was a huge part of that, of that decision for us. And so we did what most of us do when we're about to embark on something new. We look up the church online to see, like, what is South Bend City Church all about? right? What do they believe? And when you look on the website, this is actually what you see even today. If you look up, what does South Bend City Church believe? It says, to begin with, this is under the FAQs, Frequently Asked Questions. To begin with, we're a Jesus-centered community. We trust the Bible as it points us to Jesus, and we trust the Apostles' Creed as a guiding interpretation of what it teaches. Then it goes on to say, Outside of those essentials, you'll probably find a diversity of perspectives within our community. We actually think that's a good thing. And we know that to be true, right? That we actually think a diversity of perspectives is a good thing. But let's go back to that first slide, Avery, if you're cool with that. Um, to begin with, we're a Jesus-centered community, and we trust the Bible as it points to Jesus, and we trust the Apostles' Creed as a guiding interpretation of what it teaches. Those are two really important statements. 
If you grew up in a faith community that recited the Apostles' Creed in that moment, when you read, what does South Bend City Church believe, and you see the Apostles' Creed, it's sort of like a compass or a guide, right? You're like, ah, okay, I know what these guys believe. I know what they're about, right? For some of you, that might be the Nicene Creed. If you grew up in a church that that recited creeds, it would typically be the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed or some other kind of creed that emerged from second century followers of Jesus who were trying to find ways to interpret the story of God, to interpret our faith, to interpret the life of Jesus, the life and meaning of Jesus. And so we've been talking about the Apostles' Creed in a series that we started in early September called Old Creed, New World. Because we're trying to figure out how do we anchor in this old creed and yet live it out in a new world. And this is a core belief of South Bend City Church, and yet it's something that we haven't talked about very often. So we're talking about the Apostles' Creed. And just because we haven't read through it um, in a few weeks, I thought this morning we could read through it together. So if you'll join me in reading through the Apostles' Creed. First disclaimer, uh, typically you'll hear this read as I believe in modern day trans translations or traditions, but we're going to go back to early iterations and we're going to talk about it as we believe together. So will you join me in reciting this creed? We believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried, and he descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So we've been talking about the Apostles' Creed as something as we believe this together, right? And it's this interpretation is a story that we're choosing to trust together. If we're honest, there are probably some pl- problematic parts for us as individuals, right? On any given day, on any given morning that you show up here, you're like, yeah, I don't know that I believe all of that. I don't know that I can trust all of that. But we've been talking about the last few weeks how this is an interpretation that collectively we show up and we trust together as a community. Because on days when I have a hard time trusting, you're trusting with me and for me. And on days when you have a hard time trusting some of this, I'm trusting, we're trusting with you and for you. And that's what we've been talking about. Paul, the Apostle Paul, actually paints a really beautiful picture of what it looks like for the early followers of Jesus to trust the story of God, the story of faith, and the life of Jesus together in Ephesians when he says this. You are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. In essence, the Apostle Paul is saying, we are the dwelling of God, right? We are how God lives God's life in us and through us. Um, The same is true for these early followers of Jesus. The same is true for us today. And so last week and this week, we're talking about who is the we of the we believe, 
So good news, we have more stories to share with you this morning. Bad news, we're not going to get to everyone in the room because my guess, what I know to be true about this community is every single one of us have a story that could be shared up here. Um, and I would encourage you to get to know the people around you. You know, one of the things that I love here, I tend to be a little bit more introverted, ambervert maybe, introvert. Um, and so I actually really love that we don't do the like, stand up, turn around and greet your neighbor, right? But there is something that we miss when we don't do that because we come in, we sit in our seat and we leave. And for very good reasons, we leave. Um, but we're just going to pause and we're going to take some time to talk about the we believe and get to know the we a little bit more this morning. So I'm going to invite up first Kevin and Mondesi Kirkland. Um, if you guys would join me up here. They, yeah. These guys, they'll tell you a little bit of their story, but they have been with South Bend City Church, at least one of them, since almost the very beginning. So we're sharing a mic this morning, you guys. Um, we have a couple questions, but we're also kind of going to go with the flow this morning. So thanks so much for joining us, especially because this is Mondesi's birthday weekend. So happy birthday. <laughs> guys, why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are? Yeah, um, like I said, my name is Kevin Kirkland. I'm born and raised west side of South Bend, um, Wilson Elementary, LaSalle Academy, Riley High School, Bethel University. Yeah, there you go right there. <laughs> unfortunately, not unfortunately, but unfortunately for you, I coach at Washington. Go Panthers. You already know. <laughs> but no, um, like I said, I'm, you know, I'm a child of the city. Um, I love the city. I do a lot for the city. have a lot of family roots in the city. Um, you know, brother, son, uncle, um, to a lot of people in my family. And for me, who I am, I'm a, you know, happy-go-lucky guy, very laid back, very chilled, um, love connecting with people, love being around people. And that's just something I try to keep with. Um, and I try to do the best I can to be a calming spirit and a reassuring spirit for anybody that comes in my path. Yeah, love it. Thanks for sharing. Modesty, how about you? Yeah, so um, I am not a South Bend native. I was born and raised in Ohio in a small farm, farm town and moved to South Bend to go to college. Um, graduated from Bethel University. Um, and I'm a sign language interpreter, so you'll often see me kind of in the background, in the shadows. Um, but as far as who I am, I feel like there's a lot of different facets of that, but um, man, there's a lot you could say, I guess. Yeah, share whatever comes to mind. Yeah, so I um, am an only child, which I love, which is kind of crazy, but um, I really found home here in South Bend, mm -hmm. and um, as I left for internship, there just wasn't a place like South Bend and there was not a place like South Bend City Church, and so here has very quickly become home for me. Um, I love it. And you guys just celebrated your one-year anniversary, yep. right? We did, yes. That's incredible, congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. Yes. Tell us a little bit about how you met, or where Ooh. you met. So we met through Bethel. Okay. Um, we both attended school there. Post-grad, just kind of reconnected, and... Um, the rest is history, so to speak. So, Except there um, was a double hug in there, right? There was a double <laughs> hug in there, yeah. But, 
Kevin, do you mind just sharing that? Do you mind? I'm putting you on the spot. I warned these guys, hey, we'll stick to some questions that I gave you ahead of time, but I also follow the flow, so there might be some other questions. So you told a funny story this morning about the first time you guys hung out. Do you mind sharing it? Yeah, I'll try to keep it as brief as I can, um, how, really it ha- how it happened, at least in my perspective. <laughs> um, like you said, we seen each other through Bethel, and then after we both graduated, I had gotten out of a, an engagement to a, um, to a lady prior to that, so I was really, you know, just trying to do my own thing. And then, um, like, on, just on Facebook, she was talking about a movie. And I was like, oh, I'm excited about this movie. I love it. And I was like, oh, let's just, oh, I can go rent it. Let's watch it. And I wasn't even, um, I didn't have any romantic intentions. Just wanted to watch it, hang out with friends. Yeah. And, um, and then we got it. And then come to find out, she was like, I'm really not a fan of it like that. I was just reminiscing about my childhood <laughs> about this movie. So I was like, oh, okay. Oh. But, but, you know, but then we watched, you know, we watched it and then we hung out and, you know, there were some sparks that flew and, and um, at the end of the day, at the, at the end of us hanging out, you know, we hugged before, we, before I left and I was like, what do I do? And so I went in for another hug. <laughs> And then, and then after that, like the people that she's closer with, they're like, "What does a double hug mean? Like, what is, what, what, what is he doing?" I didn't know what I was doing, but, but yeah, after, but after that, you know, we started hanging out more, and yeah. it just progressed into the relationship that we're in now. I love it. Thanks for sharing that story. What brought the two of you to South Bend City Church? I know that might be different for both of you. Yeah. So. Um, not being from South Bend, when I came for college, that meant that I was church hunting. That meant that I needed to find a new church home while I was here. Um, and had one at the time. For three out of my four years at Bethel, I was an RA. And so my junior year, my co-RA um, was very musical. She was phenomenal. And so she actually helped while South Bend City Church was at the Brick do a lot of their music and their praise and worship. Um, So I came along with her to the brick and just noticed that there was a difference, a different energy, a different authenticity, a different um, theology to South Bend City Church that I was really drawn to. So I've been here since the brick days and regardless of leaving and coming back, um, South Bend City Church always draws me back, so. What kind of tradition did you grow up in? Yeah, I grew up non-denominational, which looked like a lot of different things. Um, I went to church with my grandma mostly, and um, so I didn't have, I feel like I was very lucky to grow up where religion was this really deep relationship for me, Mm -hmm. and so I was looking for that place where I could continue that deep relationship, and South Bend City Church has been that for me. Yeah, thanks. How about for you, Kevin? Um, For me... um, I started when we started dating. Um, I had just, um, about a year after graduating, I was coming off of basically a six year long, arduous spiritual battle for myself, um, finding out who I was. Um, a little bit of background on me. Um, my parents are, you say a split household. My dad's a deacon at a missionary Baptist church. My mom was one of Jehovah's Witnesses. And I decided to go with, do how, what my mom did. Because, you know, if you're in a black church, you're in there for like five, six hours. I said, I'm not doing that. (laughs) I had I was like, nope, I'm not doing that. I'm going with her hour and a half. Great. I'm out of there. 
But um, so yeah, I was there from birth to 18. And then I went to Bethel College and I was gung-ho about to get baptized as one. If you know anything about it, like if you're baptized as one, you can't do anything outside of that, right? And so they said, you're going to Bethel, your money's supporting the missionary church, you can't get baptized. So I had that whole six years in college, kind of like stepped down, didn't explore my faith. And um, as I graduated, I actually went back to my dad's church, got baptized there, which I still hold deep to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it was just wasn't conducive for spirituality. It was a dying church, a lot of, um, I'm, not, I'm not saying old people, but like elderly people. These are like people in walkers, like it was really dying. And yeah. I couldn't, they, the stuff they wanted me to do, I couldn't put my energy because it would be so much. But then we got to, we started dating. She was like, hey, why don't you come to South Bend City? And I always thought, just a, a funny thing, I always thought from being at Bethel, I always thought it was like a hipster church. I see people in flannels, beanies, boots. I'm like, <laughs> no, I'm not doing none of that. We, you know. But then when I came here, it, I saw the, the atmosphere of it. Um, I'm very much an intellectual, deep, uh, deep meaning type of person. So when Jason was speaking, I was like, wow, this is something I've been looking for and yearning for. And um, something, if you don't know about the, um, in the black traditions, um, you have a lot of matriarchs in the church. And a lot of times stuff happens because the matriarch gave their blessing to. So when my grandmother, before she passed at her church, um, the reason why the pastor she had, because I talked to God and you were my pastor. And that was the same thing. My first day here, I went up to Jason. I said, Jason, I feel the spirit and then you're my pastor. Mm, I love that. Thanks for sharing. What's kept the two of you here? Um, for me, um, like I said, like I always experienced the series. I always love the series. I love the deeper meanings behind it. Yeah. Um, it helps kind of ground me into focusing myself toward Jesus, towards God, because, like you know, sometimes it's hard to study the Bible and go deep into it unless you're like a unless you're a student sure. of it, right? And so to really get that deeper meaning, and like I've had, I've had a bases, roots, in Bible study. Like, we did this three, five times a week as a child um, and in the teens. So, actually getting that deeper meaning and actually using that in your day-to-day life has really exponentially helped my spiritual growth. Um, and it also, this place allowed me to question out loud, not believe out loud, believe out loud, and having that... Um, and even with the spiritual leaders here, that they gave you that room, they listened to you, and they actually gave you um, advice in that season that you're in, not just trying to get you to believe what the status quo is. So that's what kept coming back, um, and that's and of course my wife, you know, me and my wife, we love this place, we love the people, so mm-hmm. keep coming back, keep want to be community centered, and we believe that this place is such. Yeah, thank you. How about for you, Mondesi? What keeps you here? Yeah. Um, I noticed once I started coming to Bethel that, you know, I knew the Bible, but I'd never been in any sort of a room to study it or even know where to begin when it came to that. Mm -hmm. Um, But through taking classes at Bethel, I had just kind of realized that I feel like my whole life I had entered church and figured out how the Bible could apply to me, and then I left, and then I would come back. But I was kind of tired of that. I wanted to come to church and learn about Jesus, not 
how the Bible applied to me, how this verse could then dictate the rest of my week, but the nature of who Jesus was and how he lived his life. And that was so very evident through Jason's teachings and preachings. And um, I love coming here and leaving, knowing a little bit more about who Jesus was. And then that leads your path, you know, that's, and especially today, I feel like if I were at church back home, a lot of this stuff doesn't get talked about and it's tiptoed around. Mm -hmm. And I just have always loved the real raw authenticity that everybody who steps on the stage brings. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's enticing and it draws me in and it keeps me here. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Guys, tell us a little bit about what life looks like for you outside of the walls of South Bend City Church. And you've uh, said a little bit about that, but we'll love to hear more. Yeah, um, busy. <laughs> um, I feel like leaving college, I was like, sweet, don't got to do homework anymore. I'm going to have all this time. <laughs> no, I do not. <laughs> um, so like I said, I'm a sign language major, and so, or I'm an interpreter. Um, so I have like three jobs that I do kind of interchangeably. Okay. Staff interpreting for Bethel College, which I love. Um, I work for an agency, and then I also work for a different agency that does, um, like, phone calls for deaf people. So in between doing those three things, which are all good things, and I do in moderation, but um, I'm also part, both my husband and I are part of Greek life, and so we're both part of historically black um, fraternities and sororities. Um, Yeah, which keeps very busy. This year was our 100 years as an established sorority, and we celebrated that actually on Saturday, which was great to celebrate and be a part of. That's incredible. And which sorority are you a part of? Yeah, I'm a part of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated. And so um, for 100 years, we're doing that much more service and that much more um, giving to the community. So, right, all good things. But, man, it just gets really busy really quickly. Yeah. And I often wonder, and I had talked to Ryan about this, like, how do you then bring children in? And then you have their schedules and your right. own. <laughs> Amen to all of you. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> Wait, hang on. Keep the microphone yeah. just for a second. Yeah. Um, two quick things. First of all, you told me this morning that the significance of your sorority yeah. um, is that it was founded, started here in Indiana. Can you just yeah. tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah. So we were founded here in, at Butler University in Indianapolis. And um, if you think back 100 years, it was 1922 when Indiana was not a nice place for people with um, black skin. And so um, it was all founded on these educators who were teachers and who were doing these secret meetings to band together. And so it's just this really um, heartwarming, profound vision that they've had that has now encompassed so many people who are doing so much for the community and for the world, and um, yeah, we were really excited to celebrate 100 years and celebrate the seven of them. So that's great. And one more question for you: um, Tell us a little bit about what your what a normal day looks like for you as an interpreter. Like, what kinds of be, besides like showing up to a gathering like this to interpret? What are, what else are you doing? Oh, um, so it can. That's the fun part. Is it can really look like anything. Um, if I'm on staff at Bethel, that looks pretty similar. Nine to five. Um, 
But as for working at the agency, the part I love is I get to make my schedule. So I can be like, sure, I'll interpret soccer practice, and then I'll go to your doctor's appointment, and then I'm going to go interpret Catholic church tomorrow. And so it's just all these things that I get to say yes to and also vicariously learn. Um, some of my favorite are being in the ER. Mm. Um, I got to see, like, which, again, sad. It was not my patient, but... Um, another patient and they called a code red and everybody that comes up and does like I just get to be in these spaces so humbly when I don't even deserve to be there Um, and just thinking like those intimate parts of your life that you don't share with anybody being vulnerable enough to have this random person there is just a it's really a humbling experience yeah I bet yeah and really fun at the same time yeah thank you all right, Kevin, how about you? What does life look like for you outside of the walls of South Bend City Church? Excuse me. Um, for me, um, I was an educator for six years before I, the job I'm in now. I work in workforce development for a place called Michigan Works in Benton Harbor, Michigan. Um, and so I do career development, career exploration, uh, job training, skills training, um, and getting youth ages 16 to 24 into um, internships, paid internships, and paid work experiences. Um, it's been, the job has been rewarding. I won't say much about the management, but it's, um, that's what I do now, and I'm kind of feeling a sense of purpose in that. And so my day-to-day is wake up, drive 45 minutes to Benton Harbor, get there by eight, there till five, and then come home. And um, if, uh, if it's during my season, if I haven't said before, I'm a tennis coach, Boys tennis coach at Washington High School, home of the Panthers. Uh, pride of the West Side. Got to say all that. You got to <laughs> represent. Um, and so, and so, even after that, I'll go get off, drive, which is great because Washington is right off of 31, and you can get the two. So it's super easy. Get to work, take that down, go to practice, go home, do what we got to do, eat dinner. So for about two, three months out the year, I just work, practice, eat, sleep repeat that cycle but after that um but after that is i also do a lot with my fraternity too we do a lot of community outreach um i don't know if anybody's seen this i've tried to post in the facebook group about our last um uh homeless fundraiser uh people for houseless fundraiser i should say um where we slept out in front of calvin johnson state farm office in downtown south bend on jefferson boulevard and we slept out for an entire weekend and we slept an entire school bus full of donations, cash donations, and deliver it to the local um, um, houseless shelters. Um, So, but that's, you know, I'm the secretary of my chapter here, so I run all the minutes, all the communications. Great. What fraternity? I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, fraternity? I'm part of the greatest fraternity in the world. Okay. Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity (laughs) Incorporated. Okay, that's awesome. So you're secretary? Secretary, yes. And I also do... um, uh, graphic design, communications, and marketing for our umbrella Greek organization called the National Panhellenic Council, affectionately known as NPAC or Divine Nine. Okay, awesome, thank you so much. Um, Kevin, I'm gonna uh, wind this down with you. When you think about um, our two questions, where are you and what do you want? You think about this question, what do you want? What do you want for South Bend? Like from your unique perspective, what do you want for our community as a whole? I'll say this in two parts. Um, For my community, I want um, people like me to have the ability to set roots and grow 
and to be able to be afforded the opportunities that other people have that come in to South Bend and are able to do. Um, I think it's I think it's such a waste for we have all these people here, people in my in my neck of the woods that I grew up at can't develop um, can't develop the skills that they need, can't get um, housing and set roofs like they want to. They have to rent all the time, um, and having that ability. I was just talking to somebody about you really you really get a voice in the in the the context of like government and everything, you really have a voice when you're a homeowner. Like you really have a voice, like your voice is that stronger when you're a homeowner. And so I really want homeownership to be, um, to be a prime uh, need that we need to have for um, my people here. Mm -hmm. And um, what I envision for South Bend City, I, I kind of rehearse this in my head, but I want South Bend City to be a multi-generational, multi-ethnic, multi-racial um, beacon within the community, and I can see that um, we're doing that already, um, but to also be that open beacon for a source for the community where it is a um, symbiotic relationship with this community. Mm -hmm. So as much as uh, South Bend City is getting out of it, they're doing just as much, if not more, giving back to it. Yeah, love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Modesty, how about you? What do you want? And I'm gonna ask that with the caveat. I would also love to know, like, what do you want us to know about the deaf community to be paying attention to? So I know I didn't give that question to you ahead of time, but. Um. Um, <clears throat> so starting with for like South Bend City in general, um, I think that this is just such a beautiful gem of a place where anyone is welcome and it doesn't matter where you're at, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past, you can just come in and feel welcome. Um, and I would just love for that to be spread more in South Bend. Mm -hmm. um, because I know I grew up with a lot of people who have since fallen away from the church just because of beliefs and conflicts and, and, and that doesn't have to be the case. Um, yeah. And I would love for the people of South Bend to see that. Ooh, as far as deaf people. I guess my biggest thing is that what I've noticed from being an interpreter is that there is a broken bridge of communication, right? That we all have the full ability to repair and decide not to, right? We all have the full ability to learn just a little bit of sign language and repair a bridge, whereas that, that ability is, does not go both ways, right? Um, and they're a great community, and all it takes is a little bit of sign to bridge this huge gap. Um, and it's so beneficial for so many reasons, but I would encourage you, learn just a little bit, because if you can imagine going out into a world that does not speak a lick of what you speak, walking in and having somebody say hi, saying this is what my name is, is just so, um, is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I guess that's my biggest thing is, it's really not too hard to learn, and I always encourage people to take that step because yeah. it's an easy, bridgeable gap that a lot of people just don't take. Yeah, so. yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks to both of you. Guys, can we give these guys a big round of applause? Thank you. Here, I'll take it. Um, next up, we have Ruth Cavada. So, Ruth, if you could join me. Thanks, guys. Good morning, Ruth. Good morning. Here you go. Uh, Ruth and I met in probably uh, one of our very first um, weekends here at 
the gathering. So Ruth, just tell us a little bit about who you are. Okay, uh, thank you so much for this yeah. opportunity. I have to say I was pretty surprised that you asked me to come and share, but what an honor and privilege. So my name is Ruth Silla. People know me on social media as Ruth Cavada. Um, Cavada is actually my given tribal name. I am from Kenya. Uh, naming is very important in my community. My name means a little need or pressures or wanted. And I grew with that name. I only had one name until I was maybe about 12 or 13. And I remember a family coming together and saying, you're gonna get baptized, you have a chance to pick a name. So each of us had a chance to pick a name and we were talking about characters of the Bible. And the goal here is that your life will mirror the character of this person. <laughs> And looking at Ruth as a person who was really hardworking, dedicated to her family, and uh, choosing Israel as, as her people. Uh, but little did I know that, you know, Ruth the foreigner would really be me right here, and how significant that name would be. Uh, but going back a little bit, I went to high school and college in Kenya, my degrees in education taught for about two years, walked with a group called the Navigators as a high school, um, a collegiate ministry, I mean, collegiate and, and high school ministry doing discipleship among students. Uh, 2002, came to the US, joined a small Bible school in Georgia, um, studying leadership and biblical studies. Uh, 2007, saw me in New Jersey, <laughs> caring for my then husband because he was in a tragic road accident. And then 2008, moved to South Bend uh, because I needed the help to care for him. So Georgia, New Jersey, <laughs> South Bend exactly. in your first few years in the States. Yes, wow. a lot. Yeah. But um, safe to say, this was a really good place to land uh, because it, when you get here, you're like, oh, okay. And then you kind of get used to it and then you love the city. Uh, joined IUSB as an international student, uh, doing my master's in education, later joined Oral Roberts in Tulsa, Oklahoma, got my doctorate in higher education, leadership and administration, graduated 2020. Yeah, incredible. And then, <laughs> yeah, that's worth, worth the applause. And then I am here today. <laughs> yeah, and what brought you to South Bend City Church? And what, oh. keep, and what keeps you here? Oh, good. I have to say those two things are pretty similar. I attended a very big church uh, for the longest, and I love that church, I still do. But I remember one Sunday going into church, walking in and sitting and enjoying a really good service, and then walking out. And I said, huh, if I stopped coming, who would miss me? Oh, who would notice? And I knew the answer, nobody would notice. And worse still, I didn't think I would be missed. And then I said, oh, what if I died? And I said, <laughs> it just gets wild. But I said, who would know that I died? And so I said, I need to find a small church where I can be known, I can be seen, but I can be missed. And so the first day, and I also love the community, and I said, I want to give back to the life of the community. And so the first day Studio Baker opened its doors, I was here, and I was like, I'm here to belong, and I'm here to give back. And so, mm, um, love that. What, 
What keeps, keeps you here? Yeah. What keeps me here? I would say two things keep me connected to South Bend City Church, specifically the tables, because then I get to meet people and share stories and share a meal. And then I would say the streets. South Bend City Church's vision about, you know, being part, uh, being a community of grace and peace uh, to our community, that's really what keeps me here. And over time, I have had the privilege of being involved in so many things for this city. Uh, we have done the winter amnesty, you know, trying to make sure the homeless uh, feel welcome in our city. I've been part of DePaul Academy. We've gone to, um, for those of you who do not know DePaul Academy, it's the Juvenile Justice Center. Not quite connected, but they really work together. And what they do is, um, they provide a school for, stu for students with a history of delinquent behavior. So these kids would otherwise have been in jail or prison, mm -hmm. and a judge would send them to school. And we did that for about, until the pandemic. We went there every, um, every other Saturday with people from South Bend City Church, um, and we'd meet the boys, you know. And then the pandemic hit, and then, 2021, I want to think, uh, South Bend City Church announced its partnership. I want to call it a partnership with Neighbor to Neighbor and their work among the refugees. And I was like, yes, I want to be part of that. Mm -hmm. And so my, my role, the, the key thing here is knowing that I am an immigrant. I am a foreigner. I know what it means to be new in a city and I know what it means to walk into a culture where you don't know right. uh, what it is. And I distinctly remember, you know, I've, I've been shown a lot of kindness by people in the United States in the different cities. I remember my experience, especially in Georgia, 2002, I got into a bus a day like today. It doesn't quite snow, but it was cold. And I was riding the bus, and I had my sweatshirt. And this lady comes and asks me, where is your coat? <laughs> Only that she didn't know I didn't own a coat. And so my first coat was donated to me by the First Presbyterian Church in Georgia. And then they gave me a car, which I paid $1. They said, you have to pay something for it, $1, uh, a Ford. Escort blue, <laughs> haven't forgotten. <laughs> but then these communities mm -hmm. came alongside, not only did they give the things that I needed, but they, but I found friendship. And, and I say friendship is actually much more important than, even if you can't meet a need, a friend to a foreigner, it, it means everything. And I would say like, I don't remember eating cheese in my country. I think I ate cheese for the first time when I came to the US. I didn't know what mayo, mustard, pickle is. What are those things? <laughs> staples, they're staples mean, for us. Those are things we really take for granted, but you go to a restaurant and you wonder, okay, I need to order a meal here, and they ask you, what kind of bread? I'm like, I don't know. We only have one bread. It's white, and the other bread is brown. So brown, it's because it has a color, brown. It's not whole wheat, it's brown. <laughs> but, you know, it's small things. And I knew that the work the Neighbor to Neighbor was doing and inviting refugees to our community, I could really, really empathize 
with where they are. And I wanted to come along as a friend, as an advocate, and as a person who tells them, you know, you're not alone. Um, yeah. Right now, we're supporting a family from Guatemala. There was a picture I put on Facebook. I don't know if it's still there. Oh, great. That was us uh, picking apples at the uh, Lima and Orchard. We took them shopping from some of you. You know, that experience of a coat, actually. Some of you gave money for that. Um, so really, that's what keeps me connected to this community. Yeah, thank you for the work that you're doing, Ruth. Well, thank you. So outside of outside of SBCC, you are involved in Neighbor to Neighbor, but your life is multifaceted. Can you tell us quickly, like, <laughs> what else are you involved in? Well, I live and care for a person with a disability. Um, I, we, he has Huntington's. We've lived together for three and a half years. So I'm an adult foster care and I play mother, it is the hardest role ever. So respect for all of you mothers. And then I love real estate. I've uh, been in rentals. I have supported a group of minority women, uh, black and Hispanic, in their own uh, real estate development, along with the city of South Bend, um, the, team, uh, the team engagement, I think, and economic uh, whatever, that team, South Bend. Uh, but we've worked with the city, and we've worked with Willow to support these women in their projects. And then I have, I volunteer for the Habitat for Humanity, so we're building an Elkert, so you'll probably find me volunteering there, recruiting volunteers. Um, I just want to bring good to my community, and mm. really, you know, I want my life to be known as a person who brings good to my community. Yeah, and it shows, Ruth. What do, what do you, so you answered the question, what do you want? You want to bring good for, your, for the community, but what do you also want us to know about what you want, about bringing good yeah, to the community? I, I, what I want, what I want for us as a community and as a church are the same things I want for myself. I want to be seen and I want to be missed and I want to be noticed. And I want someone to just tell me, I haven't seen you at church. Where have you been? And I hope I get that text or phone, or phone call. And I hope nobody comes in here and then walks out and feel unnoticed. And even if you're noticed, and, and, and going back to my experience in this big church, it wasn't because nobody stopped to say hello. People were nice. It's just that it didn't make a difference if I came or not. And I didn't think I'd get a phone call. Are you still okay? You know, where are you? I haven't seen you. And so I, I really hope that as our community is seeking to be, to be welcoming, mm -hmm. that we truly will be welcoming, mm -hmm. you know, that we will truly, truly, truly care. Um, but I also pray that we will see the opportunities to invite the foreigner amongst us. You know, God specifically points about four people. He says, watch out for the poor, watch out for the orphan, watch out for the widow. And then he says, really watch out for the foreigner. He says he loves the foreigner because when he talks to Israel, he's telling them, remember you yourselves were once foreigners mm -hmm. in Egypt. And he says, help them, give them their food give them their clothing. And many times, it's, it doesn't take a lot. It just takes making the time, making the room. Invite that person to your table to celebrate Thanksgiving. We don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. Christmas, we don't, we don't really celebrate it that much. We just celebrate it differently. 
But we have, may our eyes be opened to see the opportunities that we have amongst us and the potential we have. So. Yeah, Ruth, thank you so much for being with us this morning yeah. and sharing a little bit of your thank story. You. Yeah, let's give Ruth applause. All right, last up we have Trish Casino and Jeremy Greenlee, if you guys could join me up here. And um, thanks, Mariah. Uh, Trish and Jeremy are um, uh, partnered to other people here this morning, but they're joining me together because they're championing student tables. So I thought it'd be fun for us to hear a little bit about who they are. You want him to go first? Okay. A little bit about who they are, but also the work that they're doing with our students, and then we'll close out here. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Jeremy. All right, so I'll be quick. I'm Jeremy Greenlee. Uh, grew up in Wakarusa, Indiana, not too far from here. Live in Goshen and uh, um, do uh, anti-trafficking work for a living. So, uh, With what organization? Uh, Indiana Youth Services Association. We have a program called the Indiana Trafficking Victims Assistance Program. So it's kind of hard to explain uh, what that is. My, my daughter, she used to, uh, I found out, introduced me to uh, when teachers would ask, what does your dad do? And she'd say, Oh, he's a human trafficker. So I'm like, emphasize the anti-trafficking piece <laughs> right. when that I explain what I do. That is the important piece, so, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it's, uh, anyways, I, we do, I do that full time. Uh, we do training education on the issue and how it impacts our communities. It's something that not a lot of people are aware that it does impact communities like South Bend. And yeah. uh, a lot of the misperceptions because of how it's presented in the media. And so that's a big part of what we do. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. All right, Trish. Hey y'all, my name is Trisha Jo Kuzno. Um, I am from the same small little farm town as Mondesi Kirkland over there, and I'm blessed to share that space. And so I came here in 2014 to go to college at Bethel University, and then I actually took a four-year hiatus and lived in Atlanta, Georgia. And then surprisingly, after you moved to the big city, she missed the small town of South Bend, and I came back, and I've planned to be here for a very long time. Um, I am a lot of things. I am an assistant director of students at St. Mary's College over there by Notre Dame. And I coach at Riley High School, go Cats, um, head track and field coach over there, as well as I'm a PhD student at Fordham University doing work with community and trauma. So, wow. and we're championing student tables. So it's been a good, good season. I love it. Just say your last name for me, because I think I've been saying it wrong. No, you're good. It's Kuzno. Kuzno. Okay. Yeah. Kuzno. Thank you for clarifying that. Guys, tell us a little bit about what brought you to South Bend City Church. Um, I am very similar to a lot of the stories that you've heard. I've been here since relatively the beginning. The most, the first memory I have is walking into the Civic Center and having no idea where to go, and there was just orange, that's what I remember. Um, but I found out about South Bend City because I was at Bethel, and Jay was a really regular speaker at Bethel, and I loved what he had to say, especially about shame and creation. And then I happened to be a camp counselor, he was a camp speaker, and I was like, wow, he's really cool. And he went to Notre Dame, which was my dream school at the time for my master's. And I was like, whoa, so cool. And he announced at Bethel that he was leaving Granger and starting a new church. And I was like, great, I want to go there. Except for because of Bethel's policy, I didn't feel super comfortable going to the brick. So I waited till we were at the Civic. But I started listening to the podcast after that first week with Aaron. And it was such a monumental moment of, I think I want to go to church here. Mm. And then came, left for four years while I was in Atlanta and had the full backing of this congregation throughout grad school. 
and then found my way back after working at a church. Came on Thursday nights for as long as they had them and then found my way back and it feels like coming home, which is really nice. I love that. For people who are listening online or who are new with us, you'll hear a couple iterations of the locations that we've been in. So the Brick was an early location, the Civic Center, the Century Center, and not the Century Center, okay. It was the Century Center, not the Civic Center. The Brick, I don't know what the I'm Century talking about. Center, that's all right. That was a pre-me, so. Um, how about you, Jeremy? What brought you and your family here? Yeah, so I, I've known uh, Jay for a long time. Uh, I helped uh, collaborate with him uh, on an event that he helped to put on called Michiana Forum many years ago, that where they were um, gathering a bunch of individuals to talk about um, some uh, topics that, that aren't often talked about in church, and, and this particular one was creation and evolution. And so, um, you know, for the past... I don't know, I would say six years, my wife and I, we've become, become increasingly more frustrated with, with a couple of things that kind of the disconnect that we, we were seeing with, with what happens on Sunday with the church and, and with uh, the news and what's going on in the world and, and uh, also with some of these uh, artificial barriers, I think, that, that have become, um, that can be harmful uh, for others, especially marginalized individuals in our communities. Mm-hmm. And uh, just... Um, through listening to the podcast and knowing Jay from his background, how uh, Jay and Matt and the whole community here at SBCC really take on uh, some of those uh, artificial barriers uh, in a very powerful way, I think, to break down some of those barriers. And that's really what drew us here and what we wanted to be more part of and support that. And so yeah. we've been attending, we attended throughout COVID um, through the podcast, which was amazing. And then uh, once COVID, uh, once things opened back up, we started attending here in person. That's great. So you guys would love to hear a little bit about what you're a part of outside of here, but would also love to hear just your heart for um, student tables in this season, maybe a little bit of vision for where you guys, what you're up to, where you're headed with student tables. Yeah, so uh, I guess I can go first. Um, I, what I'm a part of, so I used to, in my job now, I don't really work with individuals like we're more connecting to resources sure. and so I used to work at Oakland where in residential we'd work with kids and youth with complex trauma and so uh, getting back into working with students in student tables is something that I've really enjoyed um, it was uh, hugely impactful in my life when I um, the relationships that I built and the uh, the adults that mentored me mm-hmm. um, and it really changed the trajectory of my life and so uh, Getting to be able to be a part of that here again is really something that I'm excited about. We have such an amazing group of kids. I mean, I've only uh, just starting to get to know them, uh, but uh, it, they really, you know, what was powerful for me in my life was uh, going to uh, in that space was a place where I felt safe to be who uh, I was, the real me, uh, without all the pressures of. You know, and nowadays there's so much, so many more pressures with, yeah. with school, and now you can't even get away from it with social media. And so, yeah. uh, we really, it was, it became very clear within the first few meetings that the South Bend City Church has really cultivated a place where students can be safe, uh, to be themselves, and to get to know a, a lot of amazing kids. So uh, that's really what you know. I hope for for uh, this community is that we, it, it continues to be that, and, and we provide that opportunity for other students that aren't necessarily maybe connected there. I know it can be very, very intimidating to go to a place where you don't know other kids. Uh, and my daughter is going through this right now. She's a sixth grader. And so okay. transitioning from elementary to middle school has yep. been very, very challenging. It's a big deal. But uh, she, she was there last week with her friends 
so we meet on the first and third Sundays. And uh, two of the two of the to the girls that were seen there in high school, they were just uh, without prompting from us, they went out of their way to make her feel welcomed uh, and her friends and to talk to them. And that just had such an impact on her, uh, just that little act of kindness. And so that's the kind of students that we have, and we're really excited about that. Love that. Trisha, about for you. Um, outside of this space, I feel like I spend a lot of time doing advocacy work in my own way. So part of my job at St. Mary's is I work at the office for student involvement in advocacy and residential life. And a huge chunk of my job is seeing where people are not supported and coming in and saying, hey, how do we support them? And that can be anything from like someone is stealing my laundry to my friend is thinking about taking her life and stepping into that gap. And it's one of my favorite things to do. Um, something that I've been working on for student tables is thinking about what is my purpose and what is my place. Um, for those of you that don't know, I've worked at six churches now, and this is my first year not working at a church, and it's very nice. I like it a lot. Um, stay tuned. I'll probably miss it someday. But currently, that's been a huge step is, like, why was I in ministry? And a good chunk of that was to take this calling that I felt for a really long time is to share stories and to lead people from a God of anger and restriction to a God of liberation and love. And so I see that as a huge piece of what we get to do at tables. I mean, we do that in crazy ways, like similar to my college students. I had an hour conversation about Harry Styles. Um, <laughs> I do not know enough about Harry Styles to have an hour-long conversation. Not so much I love these kids. And they check my Spotify wrapped. It'll be on there. But those <laughs> intentional moments of saying, like, sure. I see you, and I see you, and what you think is so important right now. And then those those small conversations get to open up into something so much greater of what do you hope for your city? And hearing from the students like, hey, what do I hope for? I hope for someone to listen to me. What do I want? I want intergenerational ministry. I want people to know my name. I don't just want to be so-and-so's kid. I want to be this person. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to know who I am. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when we think about the hopes and I think about the hopes for my job, the hopes for the city, the hopes for student tables. It's all the same. I want people to be seen. Yeah. And I want them to be known. And I want them to know that God loves them and that God champions them. And selfishly, I want intergenerational ministry because I don't ever want youth ministry or student ministry or children's ministry just to be the thing for these types of people. I want it to be a space where everyone gets to enter into that life. Yeah. So shameless plug, you can help by joining the intergenerational ministry of student tables by donating food to our friends giving next week, you can email students at southbendcitychurch.com um, and donate food, and we would love to see you there. So that's my shameless plug. Awesome. Jeremy, how about for you? What do you, last question as we round this out. What do you want us to know about uh, the work that's being done in student tables uh, and just your presence with that crew? Uh, well, I, like I said, uh, the, we have a great group of kids. Uh, we also have a great uh, group of volunteers. Uh, so it's been really cool to get to know them as well. We just are hitting the ground uh, running. Uh, we just got started a few weeks ago. And so we got uh, a lot of exciting events planned. Uh, Trisha has, has done a great job planning the Friendsgiving. One of the things that we, the feedback that we heard from students is that uh, they like to eat, and so we are. Surprise, uh, we surprise. we have snacks and food uh, <laughs> there as well. We do uh, lots of fun activities to start, uh, and then we have a snack, and then we get into that uh, piece where we ha have time to really get to know each other and get to know the kids and really learn from them as well. Because I, we have so much, we have uh, just so much that we can learn from them as Absolutely. well too. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, we have. Um, 
two, is it two weeks? What is it? Two weeks. uh, Next week, actually, next Sunday. So we're doing that. Uh, So if you want to join for the Friendsgiving. Great. um, Yeah. Okay. So Sundays, first and third Sundays. Yep. Six to eight. Up there. And we meet up here. Okay. um, Or sometimes down here, depending on what we're doing. And uh, yeah, we'd love to have uh, your uh, your kids join us too. It's uh, middle school and high school. We meet together. And then sometimes we break up depending on the the group and what we're doing. So uh, yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much, you guys. Can we give these guys a big round of applause? Thank you so much. Uh, Will you stand to your feet if you're able? We're going to close out this morning with just a traditional prayer before we um, say our closing benediction together. So however prayer feels comfortable for you, um, would you just join me here for a moment? God, we just thank you so much um, for this morning. Thank you for the we and the we believe that we get to hear stories of what's happening in this community. And yet we know there are so many more stories around us. So God, I just pray, um, may we not miss one another as we come in and out of this place. May we be present and attentive. Um, may, we, may we ask the question that we sense deep down inside, brewing in our, our belly that takes courage to ask. Um, and may we be with one another. May we trust the story uh, of God's story, of our faith, of the life of Jesus, and may we lean into um, the interpretation of that as we understand the Apostles' Creed. God, we thank you. We love you. We pray for the team in Palestine, Israel, and we ask that you be with us as we go from here today. May grace and peace be with you. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.